Good evening. Today the topic of the talk is right view. Right view is a first factor of the Noble Eightfold Path. And uh, first I will explain a bit uh, about what is right view. Uh, there are two types of right view, worldly right view and Aryan right view. <coughs> Right view in Pali, Samaditi. So we have a Lokya, Samaditi, and Lokuttara, Samaditi. So, worldly right view is uh, understanding or believing in the law of Kama Vipaka. Kama, as you know, is intentional action. Intentional action through body, speech, and mind. And uh, vipaka is the result uh, of creating that karma. So the Buddha said, karma can ripen in this lifetime or in a future lifetime. So worldly right view, uh, basically, <coughs> basically uh, is believe in the law of karma vipaka. If you believe in the law of karma vipaka, then you will be cautious uh, about creating karma. You will not want to create evil karma, harming others, uh, because you know uh, when the vipaka comes back to you, uh, others will harm you. Uh, so that is uh, basically the first important thing about worldly right view. Uh. And if you have a worldly right view, you also believe in rebirth. There are different planes of rebirth that a being can be reborn into. And also that there are holy men who practice a spiritual path to get out of the round of rebirths. So if a person has worldly right view, he will be... Uh, morally upright, you will be afraid to create evil karma and also because of understanding that there are planes of rebirth, woeful planes of rebirth, then it will lead a more skillful life. So that is worldly right view. And Aryan right view, it is stated, is understanding the Four Noble Truths the Buddha says uh, the Four Noble Truths uh, are the most important part of his teaching, uh, the core of his teaching. The Buddha said, uh, uh, he told his monks, uh, uh, so long as monks, uh, I did not understand the Four Noble Truths. Uh, I continued on this round of samsara, this round of rebirths. Uh, and it's only by understand the four, understanding the Four Noble Truths uh, that one ends the round of rebirths. Uh, so the Four Noble Truths are of uh, the highest importance uh, in the Buddha's teachings. Uh, so if a person understands the Four Noble Truths, uh, he understands first the suffering, uh, that life is Dukkha. Dukkha can be translated as unsatisfactory or suffering. 
Actually, suffering would be a more appropriate translation, but a lot of people find it difficult to accept that life is suffering. Why? Because we don't see much suffering. Just like if you tell the rich American that life is suffering, he will laugh in your face. He thinks life is good. He's living the American dream. So, why is it the Buddha said that life is suffering? Because the Buddha saw other planes of existence which are really frightening, which are really suffering. We don't see much suffering because the Buddha says we are living in a happy destination of rebirth. The Buddha mentions five destinations of rebirth. Later books talk about six destinations of rebirth. Liu Tao Lun Wei. But the earliest teachings was about five. So the Buddha said that two destinations are happy destinations. Human birth and celestial birth. Birth as a Deva or a Devi. And there are three woeful planes of existence. The ghost realm, the animal realm and the hell realm. So because we don't see with our physical eye the woeful planes of rebirth, we find it hard to accept that life is suffering. But I'm sure all of you, including myself, have dreamt about the ghost realm. Have you dreamt that you were in the ghost realm? Was it not frightening? Uh, some of you may also have dreamt that you were, or in your dream, you were in the hell realm. Yeah. So when you are dreaming, you don't realize that it's a dream. It's so frightening to you when you are in that state of consciousness. We can say uh, that we are all living uh, in altered states of consciousness. Different people have different states of consciousness. There are some people, even though they have a human body, uh, they, their consciousness uh, is like in the hell realm. Uh, they are suffering. Their mind is so disturbed. Uh, so it's because some of them are so disturbed uh, that they commit suicide. Some of them, some people nowadays especially, uh, go into a deep depression because of not understanding the Dhamma. They don't create skillful karma. Uh, the karma that, create, that they, they create uh, is unskillful karma, evil karma. Always uh, thinking about I, uh, always thinking about the self. Uh, so, because of selfishness, uh, we do selfish actions, uh, always trying to benefit ourselves only uh, uh, at the expense sometimes of others. Uh. So, because of not uh, understanding the Dhamma, a lot of people create uh, evil karma. Uh, uh. So, these uh, woeful planes, uh, if you have dreamt, uh, of these states uh, in the ghost realm or in hell, uh, then you will understand that uh, one day uh, your consciousness uh, may descend to that level. Uh, 
And as I mentioned, uh, even right now, uh, you can see uh, around us uh, some people, uh, their minds are deranged. Uh, so our consciousness is very important. Uh, that's why in Buddhism, uh, we cultivate our mind and we do skillful karma to have uh, good states of mind. Uh, so, uh, the Buddha said the first noble truth uh, life is Dukkha. And the cause of Dukkha is craving because we have the perception of an I and mind. We become very selfish and we want to satisfy our sensual desires. Sensual desires means the satisfaction through the six senses of the eye, the ear, the nose, the tongue, the body and the mind. So because of craving, we continue on the round of rebirths and suffer. And then the third noble truth, the Buddha said that there is a state of the cessation of Dukkha. And this state is called Nibbana. And in the state of Nibbana, there's no greed, hatred and delusion. All the three poisons have been cut off. And the fourth noble truth uh, is that there is a path leading to the state of Nibbana. And it is called the Noble Eightfold Path. So tonight I talk about the first factor, the Noble Eightfold Path, right view. Tomorrow I will talk about the whole Noble Eightfold, sorry, not tomorrow, Sunday morning. I will talk about the Noble Eightfold Path in the Buddhist library on Sunday morning, I think 10.30. So if a person has an Aryan right view, it also means that he has worldly right view plus Aryan right view. Now why, why is right view important? Firstly, worldly right view. If you have worldly right view, then you will be afraid of creating evil karma and you will lead a skillful life and create a skillful karma so that you don't get reborn into a woeful plane of existence in your next life. That's why worldly right view is important. However, even though a person with worldly right view, he will not fall most likely fall into a woeful plane of existence in the next life. But there's no guarantee that in some future lifetime he will not fall into a woeful plane of existence. In fact, I dare say that if a person does not attain Aryan right view, then he is sure to fall into hell again and again in the future. Because the Buddha says uh, the cycle of birth and death, the cycle of rebirths uh, is endless. Uh, unless you become an Arya, you are not going to step out of the cycle of birth and death. Uh, so you are going to be reborn again and again countless lifetimes. Uh, so in that number of countless lifetimes, uh, we can guarantee you uh, that you will meet with King Yama again. Uh, in hell, uh, we call Yamlo Ong, yeah, 
So that's why the Buddha says uh, that this uh, samsara, the round of rebirths, uh, is really, really frightening. So this uh, Aryan right view, uh, if you have Aryan right view, uh, then uh, you will not fall into the woeful plains again. Now in the Majjhima Nikaya Sutta 117, the Buddha says that in practicing the Noble Eightfold Path, right view comes first. You must have right view to enter the Noble Eightfold Path. If you do not have right view, you have not entered the Noble Eightfold Path. And the Buddha says, uh, first you get right view, and after you get right view, uh, that right view uh, will bring you to right thoughts, and right thoughts will bring you to right speech, and right speech will bring you to right action, which will bring you to right livelihood, and right effort, right um, my, uh, recollection, and finally right concentration. So the Noble Eightfold Path uh, must be practiced in that way, uh, one by one. Uh, not simply roja them up uh, and practice anyone you like. Uh, about 10 years ago, <coughs> we had a lay devotee, a lady in Penang. She was a very uh, serious uh, meditation uh, practitioner. She used to practice uh, Vipassana meditation for more than 20 years. And she was so good that she was teaching this meditation. And I hear from reliable sources that she was even uh, said to be an anagamin. Then after 20 over years of meditation, practicing and teaching, uh, she suddenly gave up Buddhism and joined another religion. Uh, so you see, uh, why why this person uh, was practicing so seriously uh, that every day she was keeping the eight precepts. She was a school teacher, so every day she would wear white, go to school also wear white uh, and keep the eight precepts. And then every time school holiday comes, uh, she will shave her hair, shave her head, uh, and become a manchi, a nun. And she did this consistently year after year, year after year. Uh, at the end of it, uh, she gave up Buddhism. Uh, so it shows uh, a person without right view, uh, you have not entered the Noble Eightfold Path. Uh, so you put in a lot of effort, uh, no use. Why? Because she started off the, how do you say, doping leo, started with the meditation end. You're supposed to practice sila, samadhi, panya, sila comes first. Yeah. Actually, the Noble Eightfold Path, uh, it is not sila actually, although it is combined with sila, it is right view first. Uh, Right view will bring you to right thoughts uh, after as I explain. Uh, so right view uh, is extremely important. Uh, now, 
Again, I want to show you why right view is so important. There is a sutta in the Anguttara Nikaya 9.20. In this sutta, the Buddha said a long time ago, he was born as a Brahmin, a very rich Brahmin. And in that lifetime, the Buddha said he did so much dana, charity, so much, he was so generous that the Buddha said uh, he gave away uh, what amounted to something like 84,000 buckets of gold, 84,000 buckets of silver, 84,000 buckets of precious stones, 84,000 pairs of cattle, 84,000 pairs of goats, 84,000 pairs of pigs, chickens, ducks, etc. and clothing and the food and the drinks he gave uh, Buddha said so much, huh? it flowed like the river. So, Buddha said huh? he did so much uh, this charity huh? offerings huh? to benefit so many people. But unfortunately, the Buddha said huh? the merit huh? did not amount to very much. Why? Because the Buddha said, huh? Among all the people he did the dana, the offerings to, huh? not a single one of them had right view. The Buddha said, nah, he, the merit nah, would have been more if he had given to one person nah, with right view instead of giving so much to so many people. And then after that, the Buddha said, nah, if he had given uh, offerings uh, to 100 persons with right view uh, that merit uh, is still less uh, than giving to one person who is a sotapanna a sotapanna is a first fruit area and then after that the Buddha said uh, giving to 100 sotapannas uh, the merit is less than giving to one second path attainer, second maga attainer. Then after that, the Buddha said, uh, giving to one hundred maga, one hundred second path attainers, uh, the merit is less than giving to one second fruit attainer, a sakadagamin. And giving to one hundred sakadagamins, uh, the merit is less than giving to one third path attainer. Similarly, 100 third path attainer cannot compare to one third fruit attainer, anagamin. And 100 anagamin, the merit na, cannot compare to one second, uh, fourth path attainer. Uh, giving to 100 fourth path attainers cannot compare the merit na, of giving to one fourth fruit attainer, uh, arahan. So, from here you see, uh, actually, a person who has right view uh, is actually a first path attainer. Nowadays, uh, our Buddhist teachings are very chapalang, rojak. So, you have to be very careful. Nowadays, some monks say that... Uh, uh, when you attain the first path, uh, it immediately turns to fruit. 
This is not what the Buddha says. This comes from the Abhidharma. What the Buddha says in the Sutta is when a person attains the path, it is just the understanding. He understands the Dhamma, but his person has not changed. After understanding the Dhamma, he has to practice it. For example, if a person listens to the Four Noble Truths, uh, listens to the Dhamma, and then he attains right view, uh, he becomes a stream enterer. He has entered the stream, uh, he has attained the first path. After that, uh, he has to work, study more suttas, practice meditation, etc. Slowly, uh, his understanding deepens. uh, And then, the path uh, turns to fruit. Uh, it's like uh, the fruit has ripened. Uh, so, when he attains the fruit, uh, the sotapanna, the three fetters fall away. Uh, when he attains the path, uh, the fetters have not fallen away. Uh, that means uh, that understanding uh, is not deep enough uh, for the fetters to fall away. It takes some time for that wisdom to ripen. He has to work by keeping the sila, listening more to Dhamma, by meditating, and then over a period of time, his understanding deepens, and then the three factors falls away when it turns to fruit. Also, the sutta says, when he attains sotapanna, the fruit, then only his faith becomes unshakable. In other words, the path attainer, the faith is not yet said to be unshakable. Also in this sutta, you see, uh, this Anguttara Nikaya 9.20, uh, that you can make offerings uh, to a path attainer. You can make offerings to a fruit attainer. Uh, if a person attains the path and immediately the next moment, the next karna, or in Sanskrit, shana, the next moment it turns to fruit, na, then you have no chance of making merit na, of foresee na, a path attainer. But in this sutta, and also in another sutta, Dakkina Vibhanga Sutta, Majjhima Nikaya, it is said na, that you can make offerings to a path attainer, which confirms na, that a path attainer exists longer than just one moment. Yeah? You can make offerings to him. Uh, definitely he exists. Not that he does not exist. So, so here you see, uh, to become an Arya, to attain stream entry, uh, you must get right view. You have not attained right view, uh, you have not become an Arya. In the suttas, the Buddha always says, all oh, the Aryans uh, have right view. Uh, that's why you find in this uh, Sutta, uh, the Buddha said in his previous life as a Brahmin, he gave to so many people, uh, but the merit was very little because nobody had right view. In other words, no Arya around. All were ordinary putujana, ordinary worldling. Uh. So now we come to the important question how can we get right view? How can we get Aryan right view? Uh, this is given uh, in the Majjhima Nikaya, Sutta number 43. In this Sutta, it is said uh, that there are two conditions for right view. The first one is 
the voice of another. And the second one is Yoniso Manasikara. The voice of another. In other words, huh, somebody teaching you the Dhamma, only then huh, can you get right view. If you don't listen to the Dhamma, you can never get right view. Uh, just meditation alone, uh, you will not get right view. It must come from the voice of another. That's why when the Sammasambuddha appears in the world and he turns the Dhamma wheel, uh, he teaches the Dhamma. The Buddha taught the Dhamma for 45 years. Uh, some people think listening to the Dhamma is not important. Meditation is important. If meditation was so important, the Buddha would not have spoken so many suttas. More than 5,000 suttas the Buddha spoke. And the Buddha would see those people who had the ability to attain stream entry. He would teach the Dhamma to them, basically on the four noble truths. And usually they would attain stream entry. So the first condition is listening to the Dhamma. And the second condition is Yoniso Manasikara. You can translate it simply as proper attention. When you listen to the Dhamma, you must have proper attention. When you are listening to the Dhamma, don't think of the, about the stock exchange. <laughs> so, this word Yoniso Manasikara, Yoniso comes from the word Yoni. Yoni means the womb the birthplace, the origin. And manasikara consists of two words, mana and kara. Mana is the mind. Kara is work. So manasikara is the work of the mind. And when you combine this yoniso manasikara, it means the work of the mind that brings you to the origin, the birth of the problem. In other words, uh, thorough consideration. When you consider something, uh, you consider very thoroughly. Uh, you are able to go up to the source of the problem. You understand fully. Uh, right? So, but to put it simply, uh, you can say proper attention. Or I think Rabbiku Bodhi translates it as careful attention. Careful attention. Uh, so it conveys that meaning that when you listen, you have to pay careful attention, you have to pay proper attention. So only two conditions are necessary for right view. So you see, if the Buddha did not come and teach the Dhamma in the world, you cannot find Aryans in the world. A person, if he meditates and he's very skillful, he will end up like Jesus Christ or some yogi, some Indian yogi with psychic power. But meditation also is important. It's not that meditation is not important. But basic, basic foundation must be there, which is right view. And right view comes from listening to the Dhamma. That is why uh, in the suttas we find the Buddha calls his disciples uh, Savaka. It doesn't matter whether his disciple is a monk or a nun or a layman or a laywoman. All of them are called Savakas. 
Chinese we translate as Shen Wen, yeah? uh, listeners, hearers. Uh, so if you listen to the Buddha's words, uh, you are considered his disciple. You don't listen to his words, you are not his disciple. One day you say you are a Buddhist, another day you are no more a Buddhist. It's only from understanding the Dhamma that we have, unshakable faith. Now, what Dhamma should we listen to get right view? As I mentioned just now, our Buddhist teachings, our Dhamma is all very roja already. So you have to find the real teachings of the Buddha. The real teachings of Buddha you have to go to the time when the Buddha preached, uh, when, the Buddha, when the earliest times uh, when the Buddha preached. Uh, a lot of teachings available nowadays was not available. Uh, in other words, uh, the earliest teachings uh, were the four Nikayas, or in the Chinese we call Ahanjin. Yeah. The Diga Nikaya, long discourses, Majima Nikaya, middle length discourses. Sangyutan, Nikaya, topically group discourses, uh, Angutra, Nikaya, numerically arranged discourses. These are the earliest discourses of the Buddha. Uh, so uh, that is important to study. I have written a book called Liberation, Chietor. I think our brother Robin. Uh, they are available there later you can get where I have explained these books now how do you know when you have entered the stream people like to ask this question some people think they have been listening to the Dhamma for so many years maybe they have entered the stream so they want to know well, there are certain characteristics of the Buddha as mentioned in the suttas. The first one uh, is not really a is not something that you can see. The Buddha said, once you have attained right view, you've entered the stream, you'll never be reborn as a ghost or as an animal or fall into the woeful plains. If you can achieve this, this is the best thing you can you can get in life. And there's nothing more valuable than to enter the stream. We are afraid of the round of rebirths. We are afraid of samsara. Why? Only because of the three woeful planes of existence that you can be reborn as a ghost, that you can be reborn as an animal or in hell. If I get the guarantee uh, that I will never be reborn as a ghost, as an animal or in hell, uh, that I will only be reborn as a human being uh, and as a Dewa or Devi, uh, then no need to go out Sangsara, isn't it? <laughs> Why want to go out Sangsara? Life is not bad. Uh, so that's why uh, it is so important uh, to attain uh, this right view. Once you attain right view already, uh, you are guaranteed that you will never fall into the three woeful planes of existence. And also, uh, the Buddha says uh, that a person with right view uh, has a maximum of seven more rebirths. Uh, 
before he enters Nibbana. Maximum of seven more rebirths. In which case, uh, you can take a slow boat now of samsara. No need to hurry. Every time you come, you're either a human being or a deva or devi. And he said in the suttas, uh, that if you come back as a human being also, uh, you will be a person with a lot of blessings. Uh, want a rich family, you'll be looking handsome or beautiful, uh, strong, uh, and all that. So then in that case, uh, and no need to worry about going out of samsara in a hurry. Thirdly, the Buddha says that once a person has become an Arya, he has he or she has unshakable faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. And that person has sometimes it's called perfect sila, perfect moral conduct. Sometimes it's called Aryan moral conduct. This Aryan moral conduct is not so difficult to achieve. This one I will explain when I talk about the, the Noble Eightfold Path. Basically, Aryan Sila consists of three factors of the Noble Eightfold Path. Right speech, right action, and right livelihood. Right speech consists of four precepts. Right action consists of three precepts. Right livelihood na, is uh, not really considered a precept na, because right livelihood means uh, you already have right speech and right action. Uh, so these three factors, uh, right speech, right action, and right livelihood, na, amounts to seven precepts. Uh, seven precepts. If you keep seven precepts, uh, and you study the Dhamma, you make a lot of effort uh, to understand the suttas, uh, you're on the way to achieving right view. Uh. So, that is another characteristic. Another characteristic, uh, the Buddha says, uh, when a person attains right view, uh, it means he has seen the Dhamma clearly. Uh. Yes, of course, uh, the right view of a Sotapanna is different from the right view of an Arahan. Uh, Arahan sees the Dhamma more clearly. Uh, but the basic Dhamma, this uh, person with right view, uh, the stream enterer, uh, he has achieved. Uh. So when he has achieved right view, uh, he has seen the Dhamma, then his view of life is different already. Uh, a lot of us, uh, when we are young, uh, we like to enjoy life. Uh, we like to jolly jolly. Yeah. Uh, go to Kopitiam, go and see Puachukang, all this. Yeah? Uh, but as we understand the Dhamma more, uh, we become spiritually mature. As we become spiritually mature, you become more serious about life. Uh, and you start to enjoy less. Uh, you don't go to karaoke. Uh, you, just, you try to stop your drinking sessions, uh, happy hour. And... Uh, Casino, all these things. Uh, so, sometimes your friends see you, uh, they say, hey, this fella, change person already. Uh, 
So you'll seem a bit queer like, to worldly people, uh, but that is the price we pay uh, because there's an Indian saying, the holy path is the path of the alone, to the alone, by the alone. And it's a lonely path. Few people have the courage to walk. Few people have the courage to persevere. So, uh, once you have the vision of the Dhamma, you become a changed person. Another characteristic the Buddha says uh, in the suttas, uh, that once a person attains right view, he becomes independent of others in the Buddha's teachings, uh, becomes independent of some teacher. He realizes uh, that his real teacher is the Buddha. The real teacher is in the suttas. The, te- the words of the Buddha. Uh, a lot of people, when we are new, uh, we like to go all over the world, uh, all over the world, hunting for a holy Suhu. Yeah. Uh, everybody wants a holy Suhu, uh, famous teacher. But when you understand the Dhamma, you don't bother to look for holy Suhu already. Chia uh, Suhu is our Bunsu for. Original teacher is the Buddha. So that is why the Buddha said, Be a lamb unto yourselves, be a refuge unto yourselves, with no other refuge. Take the Dhamma as your lamb, take the Dhamma as your refuge, with no other refuge. So we rely on the Buddha's words and we rely on our effort to practice the Buddha's teachings. In the Diga Nikaya, there is one sutta where the Buddha says that his teachings are perfect, perfect and complete and pure. You cannot find another spiritual teaching, another holy teaching more perfect than the Buddha's teaching. A Sammasambuddha is very hard to find in the world. So the Buddha says, uh, if you think uh, you want to add to the Buddha's words, uh, you don't understand the Dhamma. If you think you want to subtract the Buddha's words, you also don't understand the Dhamma. Uh, But unfortunately, after the Buddha passed away, uh, a lot of later monks, uh, they thought uh, that they should add to the Buddha's words. uh, They start writing a lot of new books. Actually, it's all unnecessary because it makes people more confused. A lot of the later writings, if you investigate, there are contradictions with the Buddha's original teachings. So, uh, don't look for other teachings other than the earliest teachings of the Buddha found in the four Nikayas. Now, a lot of people think uh, that it's very difficult to attain right view. It is not so difficult uh, if you look into the suttas. Uh, that is also provided you have certain good qualities in you. Uh, you have certain what they call later people call paramis. Uh, you have certain uh, strong uh, good qualities in you. Uh, now, there's one incident in the suttas and the, in the Vinaya books. 
the Buddha, after the Buddha was enlightened, uh, he would look for people to teach. Uh, and he would look with his psychic eye. Uh, and then when he found uh, certain ascetics uh, or certain people uh, who had practiced the jhanas, uh, he would go to them. In fact, after the Buddha was enlightened, uh, the first person he wanted to teach uh, was his meditation teacher. The Buddha had two meditation teachers uh, who taught him the Arupa Jhanas. One of them was called Alara Kalama. Another one was called Udaka Ramaputta. And because they had attained the Arupa Jhanas, the Buddha thought of teaching them the Dhamma. So the Buddha had this thought in his mind that his meditation teachers have a very pure mind because of attaining the jhanas. And the Buddha thought that they would understand immediately when he taught them the Dhamma. This is mentioned in the Vinaya books. Unfortunately, his two meditation teachers had passed away. Now, a lot of people uh, don't question, why didn't the Buddha go to the heaven and teach his teacher? Uh, his teacher passed away, gone to heaven. Can go to heaven and teach man. Yeah. If you investigate the suttas, uh, you will find the Buddha says, uh, this flesh body of his uh, can fly uh, as far as the Brahma heavens. He can fly. The lowest one is the four great heavenly kings, Sitai Kim Kong. And then after that, Ti Kong, Sakadeva Raja. After that, Yamoti. After that, Tu Sita, Tu Swaiti. After that, Nimanarati Eti. After that, Paranimita, Asavati Eti. All these six heavens in the sensual realm. Then above that is the form realm. And the lowest form realm is Brahma, Maha Brahma. Uh, the Buddha's flesh body uh, can fly as far as the Brahma heavens, but not beyond that. The higher heavens are too far away, uh, the flesh body cannot go. Uh, so that's why he didn't go and teach his two teachers up in the Arupa Jhana realm. Uh, and he he taught his, uh, the first disciples he taught uh, were the five monks, the five who beat you, right? Now if you look into the Vinaya books, uh, the way he taught the five monks, uh, he just asked them to sit down. He said, sit down, I will teach you the Dhamma. Uh, he asked them to pay attention and he started with the Dhamma Chakka Bhavatthana Sutta. And then after that, other suttas over a period of a few days. When he came to the Anatta Lakana Sutta, all five of them became Arahants. Yeah. He never asked them to meditate, you know. Meditate is the groundwork they had already done. Because the Buddha had attained jhana, I'm sure he would have taught his five disciples jhana already. So that's why when he spoke the Dhamma to them, they attained Arahanthood. If 
they had not attained any jhana. If he spoke the same dharma to them, possibly they, they only have attained stream entry because their mind was pure, rid of the five hindrances, the defilements, they attained arahanthood. So after that, the Buddha taught some other people. And then after that, the Buddha taught a group of 1,000 ascetics. 1,000 ascetics who lived by the banks of the river. And they worship fire. And they must have cultivated jhana because the leader among them was considered an arahan. Probably he had some psychic power. And that's why they considered him an arahan. So the Buddha went to them and showed stayed with them many weeks and showed psychic power to them until they were so impressed all of them shaved off their head and became his monk disciples and after they became his monk disciples the buddha taught one sutta to them aditta pariyaya sutta the fire discourse the buddha used the fire discourse because these people like fire they prayed to fire so when the Buddha taught this discourse, all 1,000 of them attained Arahanthood. Then after that, the Buddha brought them to Rajagaha and King Bimbisara threw a big lunch dana for them and called all the people of Rajagaha to come and see the Arahans. So after lunch, the Buddha gave a Dhamma talk, basically on the Four Noble Truths. And after the Dharma talk, uh, it is said in the Vinaya books uh, that uh, 12 Nahutas, that means something like 120,000 people uh, attain stream entry. 120,000 people attain stream entry. Just listening to the Four Noble Truths the first time. You must remember uh, these people who attain stream entry. Uh, they were not doctors, uh, they were not lawyers, they were not professors or engineers or scientists, you know. They were just Lao Ai, Lao Apo, Lao Ama, <laughs> ordinary people. So, you see from here, it is not that difficult uh, if these people uh, pay attention and they have certain good qualities in them. That make them uh, able to understand the Dhamma. Uh, so that is one instance. Another one uh, is the Salakani Sutta. In the Salakani Sutta and the Sangyutta Nikaya, there was a person called Salakani Asakin who passed away. And he had been a lay follower of the Buddha for many years. So when he passed away, people came to ask the Buddha, where was Salakani reborn? And the Buddha said, oh, Sarakana, Sarakani has gone for a good rebirth. He had attained Sotapanna. So when this news spread around, some people were not happy because they said that Sarakani used to drink, drink liquor. It's not stated how much liquor he drank. But it was considered like breaking the five precepts when you drink liquor. But I don't think uh, that the Sarakani was a drunkard. You know, we, that we have a lot of our Buddhists uh, like to drink a bit of beer once in a while, drink a bit of wine once in a while. So when the news spread around, uh, the people doubted uh, 
And some people even said, how can Sarakani be a Sotapanna? He used to drink liquor. If he's a Sotapanna, we are all Sotapanna already. So when this news went back to the Buddha, the Buddha said, why shouldn't Sarakani be a Sotapanna? He has taken refuge in the Buddha Dhamma and Sangha for a long time. In other words, he has learned the Dhamma for a long time. Then the Buddha said something very surprising. The Buddha said, don't talk about Sarakani. The Buddha said, you look at these big trees. If these big trees can understand my words, I preach the Dhamma to them. And if they can understand my words, they also can attain Sotapanna. Why cannot Sarakani become a Sotapanna? So you see, yeah, the surprising thing here is the Buddha said, nah, if the trees can understand his words, they would become a Sotapanna. The Buddha did not say, yeah, if these trees can learn how to meditate, nah, I teach them meditation, nah, they would become Sotapanna. Ah. So this uh, confirms uh, that becoming a Sotapanna is the most important condition uh, is listening to the Dhamma. Uh, meditation helps, but meditation is not the crucial factor. It's not the most important factor. The most important factor is listening to the Buddha's Dhamma. Uh, now, also in the Vinaya books, uh, it is stated uh, that one of the Buddha's disciples, Devadatta, he wanted to become the leader of the Sangha when the Buddha was born. He asked the Buddha to step down. He said, uh, uh, he will take over the Sangha. And the Buddha scolded him uh, in front of the monks. Uh, and he was so angry with the Buddha that he planned to kill the Buddha. Uh, so he tried various ways uh, to kill the Buddha and he was not successful uh, eventually. Uh, he tried another way. Was uh, he, There was a prince, uh, Jatasattu, uh, who had a lot of faith in him. Uh, so he asked the prince uh, to provide him with a few soldiers. Uh, and he asked the first man uh, to go to a certain forest area where at that time the Buddha was known as Samana Gautama. Samana was an ascetic. Gautama was his surname. So he asked the first person to go to the forest in a certain area and kill Samana Gautama and come back by a certain road. Uh, so this man went off. Then after that, he called two men to wait for this man. So when he comes back by a certain road uh, to kill this man and come back by another road, then he asked four men uh, to wait to kill these two men. And he asked eight men to kill the four and asked 16 to kill the eight. So that eventually uh, it's hard to trace uh, who actually killed the Buddha. Uh, so the first person went off. Then he came to where the Buddha was. Then he saw the Buddha sitting there waiting for him. And when he came near the Buddha, he started to tremble. The Buddha has a certain kind of uh, awesomeness. I call it Chen Chi. So uh, he started to tremble and he threw away his weapons and he bowed to the Buddha and asked for forgiveness. He said, I don't really want to kill you, but they asked me to kill you. The Buddha said, never mind, sit down here, I will teach you the Dhamma. Then the Buddha made him sit down and listen to the Dhamma and he said that he attained stream entry. 
Then the Buddha told him, you don't go back by that road. Two men are waiting to kill you. You run another way. Uh, so he ran off. Then the two men waited, waited, waited until they could not wait and they came, came to where the Buddha was. When they came near the Buddha, same thing happened. They started to tremble. So the Buddha also asked them to sit down and spoke the Dhamma to them. The two of them also attained stream entry and the Buddha asked them to go out by another road. Four of them came also attained stream entry. Eight, sixteen, all attained stream entry. So you see, eh, it's not that difficult eh, to attain stream entry, eh, provided you have certain qualities. Eh. But why is it that some people cannot attain stream entry when they listen to the Dhamma? For various reasons. Eh. One was like this man, Ajatasattu. Later to become the king, eh, he killed his father. He killed his father to become the king. But his father was a good man, a follower of the Buddha. So after he killed his father, his mind was very troubled. Night after night, he could not sleep. So one night, when he could not sleep, he asked his physician to bring him to a holy man. So the physician brought him to the Buddha. Then he asked the Buddha certain questions. This is found in the Samanya Pala Sutta of the Diga Nikaya. So he asked the Buddha certain questions, the Buddha answered his questions and he was satisfied with the Buddha's answer that he left. After he left, the Buddha told his monk disciples, the Buddha said, this man, this man is a foolish man, to become king, he killed his father. If he had not done this foolish deed, tonight I could have taught him the Dhamma and he would have attained stream entry. So you see a person like Ajatasattu, because his mind was very disturbed. I listen to Dhamma also, Tabalimasur. So that's one type of person. Another type is like Devadatta. Devadatta, he followed the Buddha for so many years, yet was not uh, Arya, which is surprising. But then not really Surprising also, because if you have a factory producing certain goods, you don't get 100% success, isn't it? There is some, some one of them that does not go up to your quality control, yes or not? So Devadatta was one of those monks who, in spite of hearing the Buddha's teachings, he did not become an Arya, although he attained psychic power. You see, this uh, Devadatta, his conceit, uh, his ego was very big. Uh, and when he attained psychic power, you know, some people, uh, their ego become bigger. Uh, it's just like some people, they like to uh, chant mantras. Uh, uh, when you chant mantras, you get certain power. Uh, uh, so their ego becomes bigger. Uh, so the same with Devadatta. Uh, people with a big ego, uh, when they listen, uh, they cannot really accept the teacher's words. A lot of pupils are like that. They say they want to follow a teacher. But when the teacher teaches them, they think they are smarter than the teacher. They know already. So they won't really, won't, won't really pay attention. When you don't pay attention, you don't have yoniso manasikara. So you cannot understand really. 
so uh, there are people like this la. Uh, other people uh, their minds are very scattered uh, for various reasons la. Uh, because of greed because of being very worldly uh, because of uh, not really being interested in the dhamma and some people they come to the temple they are willing to do dana make offerings uh. they ask them to listen to the dhamma no time as in the supekaya no time keeping the precepts uh. so uh, such people so so just now i mentioned uh, about the, the buddha asking us uh, to rely on ourselves and rely on the dhamma uh, as our only refuge also when the buddha was about to pass away verbal ananda asked the buddha bhagavan after you have gone whom should we follow as our teacher and the buddha said after i am gone take the dhamma and the vinaya as your teacher the dhamma refers to the suttas because in the anguttara nikaya 4.180 the buddha said if any monk says that such and such is the buddha's teachings the buddha said don't accept and don't reject compare what he says with the earliest suttas the buddha's words in the suttas if it follows the suttas you can take it to be the buddha's words if it does not follow the suttas then the buddha said reject it it is not the buddha's teachings so when the buddha says take the dhamma vinaya as your teacher after i am gone the dhamma refers to the suttas the vinaya is not for lay people the vinaya is for monks and nuns so for lay people your real teacher is the suttas also the buddha warned in the anguttara nikaya 5.88 that the buddha says in the future you can have a world famous teacher who has a lot of disciples a big following of monk and nun disciples and lay disciples and he might be a very uh, senior monk uh, been a monk for many many long years and he might also be quite learned in the scriptures Now, in spite of all these facts and the buddha said now even such a world famous monk can have wrong view i don't think that just because a monk is famous that everything he says is true so when we are new to the dhamma we always like to follow famous teachers and we think that everything he says is the truth the absolute truth but the buddha says no compare with the suttas and nowadays when you compare with the suttas you find a lot of teachers are not teaching according to the suttas they are teaching according to the commentaries they are teaching according to the abhidhamma they are teaching according to later sutras and all that and other books like visuddhimagga and all that it's not that these books are no good these books are also have some benefit but you can be led astray you know when there's a bit of wrong teaching in it i suppose the whole thing like just like when you are drinking yeah you are trying to uh eat a nice uh, plain of 
rice or soup or anything. I just take a little bit of shit and put inside. You still want to eat? <laughs> Even a little bit also you don't want anymore. So, spoils the whole thing. So you have to be very careful. So I think that's enough to say tonight about the right view. And I welcome some discussion from the floor. So now we realize that we are right livelihood. So we are here now we see digital. We will choose the livelihood of the nature. So it's like it's not fair for those who are in the land of the different livelihood to kill. So if you just if if eventually you're going to kill for food, then the animals will multiply that So it's like I don't know where it goes. You know, our livelihood uh, has very much to do uh, with our past life karma. What we do in this life, uh, what we are inclined to do in this life, uh, has very much to do with our, our character. Uh, so, once I was staying in Penang Hill, you know, I was staying in a cave. So one butcher, he was one of some people who came to visit me. And some people told me that he's a butcher. So I tried to discourage him from his job. But he, he wouldn't change. On the other hand, there was another time when I gave a Dharma talk in the Penang Buddhist Association. And after the talk, uh, one lady came to me and told me, uh, after she heard my talk, uh, she's quite frightened. Uh, because she says uh, she sells kebui, uh, chicken rice, and she has to slaughter the chicken. So I asked her, why don't you buy the from the freezer uh, the cold meat uh, already slaughtered? On. She said if she sells that one, uh, nobody wants to eat. They prefer freshly killed chicken. But so I told her, uh, you still have that karma. I said, uh, the best is to try to change your livelihood. And after something like six months, uh, she came and told me that she changed her livelihood already. So you see, some people, uh, after listening, uh, they are willing to change even though it's difficult. But there are some people uh, are not willing to change, so it's very difficult. Okay, once a person uh, becomes an Arya, uh, it is not reversible. He will uh, not revert to an ordinary worldling. 
But if a person has become a Sotapanna, because once a person attains stream entry, uh, the Buddha says uh, after some time uh, it must turn to fruit. Uh, the latest uh, is by the time of his death uh, and he's dying, uh, it must ripen to fruit. Uh, so in other words, uh, after he dies, uh, he's a Sotapanna already. Now when he comes back as a human being, uh, he would have forgotten. But even though he has forgotten, uh, something uh, will lead him uh, to walk and look for this spiritual path again. Something will make him uh, search uh, and he will come back to this spiritual path again. So, like before he finds back the spiritual path, uh, he might do some careless deeds, uh, but not uh, serious enough uh, uh, to bring him to a woeful plane of existence. Uh. Just like the Buddha, our Buddha, Sakyamuni Buddha, if you investigate uh, the suttas, uh, he says uh, that uh, he looked into the past for a long time. There was one night, I believe he did not sleep. From 6 p.m. until 6 a.m., he was meditating and contemplating the past. And he looked back 91 world cycles. One world cycle is an extremely long time. The Buddha said, hard to imagine how long it is. So the Buddha looked through 91 world cycles. He found only six Samasambuddhas, six Buddhas willing to teach the Dhamma to the world. In other words, 99.99% of Buddhas are Pacheka Buddhas who refuse to teach. In fact, when our Buddha, Sakyamuni Buddha, was enlightened, he also decided not to teach. But this uh, uh, Brahma Sahampati came to appeal to him three times. Uh, then he looked again and uh, he found uh, some beings uh, who will benefit from the Dhamma. So he decided to teach. Uh, so uh, what was your question again? I forgot uh, about uh, forgetting yeah, yeah, Sotapanna. Uh, so, this Sotapanna. So, uh, why did I mention this Sakyamuni uh, Buddha? Uh, night is getting late, I'm getting tired. <laughs> Coming back to this Sotapanna. Uh, Sotapanna, so, uh, he, I wanted to say uh, that our Buddha Sakyamuni. Buddha, when he came back as Siddhartha Gautama, I believe uh, that he was a Sakadagamin. Because uh, yeah, when he looked into the past, uh, he said uh, that he met one Samasambuddha. When the last Samasambuddha came, uh, Kasapa Buddha, our Buddha was born as a Brahmin called Jyotipala. Uh, and in that lifetime, uh, his friend uh, brought him to see the Buddha. At first, he did not want to pay respect to the Buddha, but his friend uh, pleaded with the Buddha to teach him some Dhamma. So when the Buddha taught this uh, Brahmin Jyotipala some Dhamma, he was so taken up uh, that a few days later, uh, he became a monk. So that being the case, uh, you can see uh, that he must have attained stream entry uh, when he listened to the Dhamma of the Buddha Kasapa. So after he became a monk, uh, he practiced uh, and he attained at least the first jhana. 
Because when he came back as Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha said, as a small boy, he could enter the first jhana under the jambu tree, right? So this first jhana, he must have practiced, must got it during the life as a monk under the Buddha Kasapa. So if he had already attained stream entry, and on top of that, if he had attained the first jhana, he would have reduced his greed, hatred and delusion uh, and so become a Sakadagami, second fruit person. And in the suttas, uh, the Buddha says, uh, a Sakadagami uh, is called a once returner, meaning uh, that he will come back, return as a human being uh, one more time uh, before he enters Nibbana. He will come back as a human being uh, and must enter Nibbana. So when our Buddha came back as Siddhartha Gautama, he forgot about his past already. But something uh, makes him search. Uh, something makes him, uh, at the age of 29, uh, renounce his family. This is not like the later books say, you know, the story, the legend, uh, is that our Buddha, in the middle of the night, he took a last look at his wife and his son uh, and ran away in the middle of the night. In the suttas, uh, it is stated uh, that in the daytime, in front of his mother and father. His mother and father were crying and wailing and pleading with him not to go off. In front of them, he cut off his hair, put on the yellow rope and walked away for good. So why why can a person do like that? If he's not a Sakadagamin, there's no explanation why we got Chi Xin Xiao Liao. The only explanation is that he already a sucker the coming. He must go this way. He doesn't really understand why also because he's forgotten his past. But he knows that he must go this way. We actually, all of us, we have an inner voice telling us to walk the spiritual path. In Hinduism, it's called your Adi Guru, your primary Guru. It's inside of you. But a lot of us, we don't want to listen to the voice inside. We are caught by all the material things in the world. So, like for him, he listens to his inner voice. Difficult to do. The wife is so beautiful, the son just born, the family is rich. Why should he give up everything to become a beggar? Some more naked beggar for many years. He was practicing naked asceticism. Suffer so much for six years, all for what? It's only something inside now from the past. Even though he has forgotten, he must go back to this path. So it's not reversible, don't worry. Uh, in certain ways of this uh, Dhamma So let us, all of us, uh, say Sadhu together three times. Sadhu, Sadhu, Sadhu. Some say, I'm not asking the question, but can I have a request? But, uh, is it possible of uh, some day that you stay another day and uh, give us a Dhamma talk again tomorrow night? <laughs> Okay, try, try. <laughs> uh, 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 so we will keep you informed. 